0: I'm Steven Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words.
1: What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Steven Adams. I'm not miffed and peed.
0: I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG, and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, dailythunder.com, future-radio. At 5 o'clock Central Time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. With me today is my good
1: friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, I'm no longer from, from New Delhi today, so that's <laughs> bad. <but laughs> I got a lot of have. comments
0: about that. Even at the draft party, we, there was a guy <laughs> that came up to us. His name was Ty. And he said when he first heard about that, or when he first heard you last week on the pod, he said, man, he sounds way more Indian than he normally does.
1: <laughs> that's a great quote, which is really great. Oh, sheesh. I hope that like no one got offended uh, from that. Um, I've not heard
0: anybody that's been offended. Everybody thought okay. it was funny. Okay. I've heard okay. from multiple people that thought it was funny. so. Okay, um, if you're offended, good. I'm sorry, but it was great. Uh, so the draft happened Thursday night, and the podcast that we did after the draft was not all that informative, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just fun. And again, I just want to thank everybody that came out to that event. Uh, we, you know, I know the owners of the Bank of Cinema Pub, and they were just blown away by... Uh, everybody being there, and it was the busiest night that they've ever had, and so you guys helped make that happen. So I just want to say thank you to everybody that came out there and uh, introduced yourself, and it was it was great. So, uh, But the draft, it was kind of chalk until f- six, probably, maybe even seven. I guess really Jackson Hayes at eight kind of started all the chaos, because I think that you could have predicted the top seven. You know, Zion, John Morant, RJ, DeAndre Hunter, Garland, Culver, Kobe White. That's like, okay, like that's how, that's what a lot of people had. Uh, And then things got wonky and they stayed that way really through the entire draft, it felt like.
1: Yeah, there were like a few okay pick um, here and there. Like I fully expected P.J. Washington to be at twelve. Um, I think that Nikhil went right, like right in the range that we all expected him to be, and probably also Mathis Stiebel, uh after the intel that linked yep. him to to Philadelphia. Um, can we can we start by saying who won really the NBA draft and who badly lost the NBA draft? We can. Actually, I mean. think it, it it help help tells the story um, of the night because I think that. I really think that Atlanta, Atlanta and New Orleans drafted oh, really well. No question. And maybe if I, if I was like David Griffin, I would have made like different choices, like sticking it four. Uh, or if, if I drafted eight, probably I don't take Jackson A's because I badly want shooting around Zion. But there's talent there. And even if you draft like a six-man backup that plays, uh, ver- ver- this is a vertical spacer, it- it's fine. And picking at 17 Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a great, great pick. Um, we we liked him very much at 21. And so being able to pick um, one great uh, raw talent in terms of ace and then draft uh, a solid player uh, plus a, pro- a project at 35, I think is, um it's a remarkable draft. And the same goes with Indiana. Uh, with uh, sorry, with Atlanta, they mm-hmm. wanted badly the two wing combo in Hunter and, and Reddish. Um, they they took them, and they they even get um, another say, um, a gamble in, in Bruno Fernando at, at thirty four. So yeah. I really think that those two teams um, had a, like a target. Uh, they they were able to To get their hands into the players, uh, onto the players that they wanted, and um, it's great. I mean, they their front office is set up for uh, set up their team for a bright f- future.
0: Yeah, I don't love the Hayes pick either, but you get you come out of the draft with Zion, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander Walker. I just I about lost it when they picked him. It's like, oh my goodness, like this team is going to be awesome. Like they're going to be mm-hmm. so much fun. Yeah. Uh I love it. I mean, like if if you don't pick Jackson Hayes, like I don't know that I really want Cam Reddish on that team, but maybe you do. He's got a, he's got a high upside. Uh, the other guy that the only other guy that in, on this list that I'm looking at that I'm like ooh like that would be interesting because he's got a pretty high ceiling is the Sekou Demboya guy out of France. Like I think that he would be a super interesting pick there. Uh, but other than that, like maybe. I don't think you take PJ Washington at eight. Like that's not good value at eight. No, no, no you know, no. no. Um, and so, like, I don't hate it. Like, you put a super athletic big in a good situation where he's going to be able to grow. Like, I don't, I don't hate it. And he's with playing with a good coach. So, I don't. I mean, it's fine. Like, I that's fine. Was uh, there any picks that you just did not like or
1: didn't understand? Um. Like, I hate what Phoenix did. Like, maybe, maybe this will be uh, the thing that, in two years, when, like, all all this picks and and, and start of the development will be done, we will we will be uh, remember this as something stupid that we said. Mm-hmm. But you have six. And you have a pretty interesting wing. You don't have enough wings uh in in any NBA team. Like yeah. you, you always can carve space for a wing. Uh yeah. even if you have um Miles Bridges, uh like Cam Johnson is a wing, like he's a tall wing, but it's still like uh, a three-four mm-hmm. that plays the three essentially on offense, but is not able to play any defense, so you say that is a four. Um and like you have six, you can you can pick Culver, you can pick an extra ball handler that that can comes in hand. Even if you don't like Kobe White, then but, but let's say that you are six and you want and you can draft Culver. Why? Why you trade back? You get um, a player that you have to extend in charge. Mm-hmm. It has talent. Uh, don't get me wrong, but he he probably he's a. 10 to 12 million player this season? Yeah. Like something like that. I don't think that he gets more. Maybe they will give him more uh, since they <laughs> traded for him. But, uh, but but in Minnesota, he would have gotten like 10,
0: mm-hmm.
1: 4 for 40, something like that. And you get 11. And when you are at 11, you draft the, the guy who is a sure thing. Okay, that's fine. He will shoot it. But has little to no upside. Mm-hmm. Like, even if he shuts forty percent from three and scores twelve points a game, thirteen points a game, even fifteen. That's all you get. like you cannot get more than that. Do you value that? great, but if you draft like that and you you basically waste the pick uh, in the teens for that, I don't think it's a it's a smart choice yeah. Like, again, maybe he will surprise us and he will add ball-ending skills and maybe he will um, improve his physical condition and be a serviceable defender. And maybe the pick-and-roll with Aiton will work because he has so much space now that, that he can murder other people. That's that's fine. But, uh, I mean, it didn't work with Ryan Anderson. And he's a great right. shooter as well. He and was, he wasn't able to stay on the court. So, I don't know. It... I, it, it it's it's
0: strange. I wonder if they've been spooked by the way that they've drafted in the past. You know, they take Josh Jackson, who's a super young guy out of college. He's – they basically can't give him away right now because he's going to make $8 bucks next year. And so Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris, swings for upside. They're both basically done, you know. And so I just wonder if their owners gotten spooked and it's like, okay, we're not doing this upside swing anymore. Like, get me a guy that can play now. You know, that wouldn't surprise me if that was the conversation. It's like, okay, well, Cameron Johnson can shoot it. You know, really, really shoot it. You know, forty five percent on six attempts per game. Like, okay, that's our guy. Go get him. I don't care. Um, yeah, but it's yeah, those so. it's those kind of you know big swings that keeps your franchise a losing franchise, you know, when you can't stay grounded and make good picks and make picks that make sense or make, you know, the right pick there. Those are the things that keep your franchise just floundering. And I, I don't see a, a path to Phoenix being a great team soon. You know, I just don't see that. And tonight or Thursday night solidified that for me.
1: Yeah, but. Suppose that you want to do, uh, as you said, like you want to solidify. Um, You don't want to to draft high-risk players. Um, There is something to be said, though. We kind of knew in the draft draft process that Chris and um, Josh Jackson Jackson weren't the highest character in the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know those stuff. Yeah. We for know You sure. know before. We we knew and we we are not in the loop of interviews and stuff like that, but you heard mm-hmm. uh, we heard something like that. So there there is a way to to like to say that well, if you don't want to to draft those guys, you you can still get upside without like for example, Fox didn't have any of the red flags. Mm-hmm. Like none. And you could have drafted him. Um like there are other players at eleven that fits the mold of being sure things. You can you can try to get different combination for the number six. Like call Boston. Boston is like they want to get the wing, another wing, mm-hmm. surely, and get like fourteen and twenty-two, and you draft like a guy like Nikhil Alexander Walker at fourteen. It's yeah. not high, but still okay. And then at twenty-two, you can draft exactly as Boston did, Andrew's favorite Grant Williams, mm-hmm. sure things. Smart players, Mm -hmm. uh, players that can contribute, players that have upside because Grant Williams didn't shoot the ball particularly well and shooting is something that you can learn, especially if you have a good touch and Nikhil can fill out and be a little bit better of an athlete. So you can do those things. Just, again, either Cam Johnson is an all-star or a borderline all-star in two years and we are like (laughs) very stupid or... Or this draft is a disaster.
0: Yeah, I think it's a disaster. Uh, let's talk about the Thunder's pick. Yeah. Uh, the the feeling at the draft party was mass confusion. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody knew who he was. And for good reason. I mean, when they drafted him, it always says like where they played this past year. It just says USA. And that means nothing. <laughs> That means nothing to anybody. Yeah. And you yeah. see him like dribbling around. You see USA. Everybody's like, who? Who? Uh, and mm. then like you're reminded, like, if you watch The Jump, like the, his story has been told. It was told in October about how he was going to do an internship with New Balance, make a million bucks, basically a sh- some kind of shoe deal with them. And he worked out. And apparently he worked out with Mike Miller all year and just worked on his game. And so no one's seen him play in a year. seen him at the Combine. Cool. But you haven't seen him play competitive basketball in, you know, over a year. Before that, it was high school basketball. So, like, there's really not a lot to go off of except for workouts that these teams have had, the Combine. And from what Royce said, that when – Hero and Cam Johnson weren't available, and they weren't available anywhere near what the Thunder were picking. They decided to trade back, pick up an extra asset, and choose Darius Baisley. And, uh, he's an interesting player, and, um, he's a mystery in a lot of ways. So, but, Mikelly, what have you, tell us what you've learned about, about Darius and the kind of player that he is.
1: Yeah. Um, so first first and foremost, we have to remember that he was the number four, so the fourth power forward in the ESPN rankings out of IX school, Behind Zion Williamson and a few other guys that um Nas Reed and Jalen Smith, who I think is still at uh, at Maryland. Um so he's a pretty, pretty high uh high school recruit with a ninety three, which is like Kind of good in terms of um, recruiting. It's a five star, so you have the pedigree there. Nice. Um, I think uh, back back to what you what you said is yeah. I, I think that what Roy said can be part of the explanation, especially with Hero. Um, they they needed um, they, probably they wanted uh, a shooter out there um, to, to draft and. And they didn't, and so they decided to trade back uh, but there is another you, you can look at it from a different angle I mean, what if you want to draft basley all all along like and you want to put around voices so so that no one sees that you that you have your eyes onto him yep. because the draft is also a play like a chess chess game mm-hmm. uh because if the Spurs or someone really wants him. And they know that you are drafting him, they will probably try to take the pick before before yours. Yeah. Like Memphis had no no interest clearly in um, in M. They wanted Clark, and probably this is why they they trade the pick or or something like that. So there is this um, this factor to include, and so I, I think that the strategy of the Thunder to to keep things. Super secret, help help them uh, getting be- getting there mm-hmm. And regarding to his skill set, like we during the draft process, we were, we searched uh, through intelligent guys, like so IIQ, IQ, uh, good kids uh, with the potential to be a shooter or already shooter mm-hmm. that can do multiple things on the court. And that can be versatile enough to play maybe two positions, uh, either offensively or defensively. And probably the other trait was it's better if they can play right now because, Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be be great. Well, I think that OKC got four out of the five. I don't think that Basley will be able to play right away, but maybe he will surprise us. But he fits the other things extremely well. Yeah. Like I saw him moving very fluidly on the court. He's a guy that can really dribble. He can create his own shot. He he is kind of a creator on the court. He wants to have the ball in his hands, to pass the ball to others. He can lead a transition. Again, we saw glimpses of that, not sure things. We didn't see him uh, doing that over and over again like other prospect um but but you can see that this guy searched for the pass i remember one one action that he did at the combine where he beat his man out of the dribble then faked the shot and delivered with the back, with a behind the back pass uh, a perfect ball to to the center who i don't remember who who he was that just had to dunk it because it was completely open yep. so Again, you don't want to put too much stock into that, but in the same way, you want to notice that this is something that this guy wants to do. And at 6'9", six, six, with a seven wingspan and a frame that seems able to fill, you have something. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the upside with this kid is, is huge. And if you don't have a sure thing for next year and you you want to, to play, as Brett Dawson said many times, you want to play the basically you want to work in two timelines one be competitive now two, be competitive 10 years from now then this is a pick that that really goes into that direction because maybe he will be able to play right away and if he does it's a great pick maybe he will be ready in three years and he will be very good in three years and that works as well Mm
0: -hmm. and if if these guys can play they play early ferguson played early You know, I don't think anybody expected Ferguson in year two to be the starting shooting guard. Also, we didn't expect Andre to be out all year, but still, like, I don't think that anybody expected that. And for him to have, like, a successful year, he had ups and downs, sure. But I think that you would call the 21st pick in the draft, that was one of the youngest guys in the draft two years ago, starting uh, a successful season. And we don't know. I mean, to to anybody that acts like they know, that one way or another, that this is either the greatest thing ever or a bust, like, I'm sorry, you don't know. Like, We don't know about this guy. We just don't. Uh, And there's a lot of wait and see. Like, what does he look like in Summer League? I think the deal can't be completed until July 6th, and so I think that they will try to process that paperwork quickly so that he can play in most of Summer League. He may miss a game or two, but my guess is that they're going to try to get him in and get him run. Same with with Dort. I don't really know what the what the holdup is with Dort on the announcement of the two way deal, but it'd be very strange for that to be reported it's to be completely inaccurate. We can yeah. talk about him in a second.
1: Yeah, I know. If Givoni reports something like that, it is a, it is a sure thing. Yeah, like he doesn't do stuff like uh, he's not he's not the guy that that throws out there hot takes. Uh, right. Givoni is he, if he tweets. It's it's almost like Walsh. It's it's basically Walsh. Yeah. It's yeah, it's he's
0: business only and he's not trying to get out ahead of people like he's just putting information that he has out there. You yeah, know? exactly. Uh and as far as like disappointment of like guys that could have had you know, it there's disappointment for me that like Brandon Clark and Grant Williams were there and they could have had either one of them. I don't and we talked about like I don't love the the fit of Brandon Clark on the thunder i really don't but if he's your backup center which is kind of what he'd have to be for you next year he's small he's 68 but i think that that's what he would be like that's kind of interesting because there's a lot of smart people that were like yeah Brandon Clark should go ten you know yeah um you know minnesota should take Brandon Clark he's a perfect fit there and he slides uh you also have to know like there's a reason that these guys slide too you know, like there's clear reasons why these guys weren't picked where they are. Uh, and then our guy, Grant Williams, or my guy,
1: I guess. I don't know if he's your guy or not. <laughs> That's- yeah, I like him, but um, I, I understand the, the, the feeling. You have two guys that should be ready to play and that could have played next season. Because yeah. if, he, if you don't get a center, like a backup center, and you've... Basically, you think of your big rotation with Steven, um, Jeremy and uh, this rookie that can play with both. Probably both can play um, at the at the four or at the five. Maybe Clark and, and Steven is a bit of a non-shooting duo, but you can probably work, work with this. Um, so they could have like a, a legit playing time to get them. Um, mm-hmm. But I want, again... I don't think that they were sold into the um, the shooting part. yeah, and for both. Sure. and they weren't sold in the probably in the ceiling of these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can argue that both maximize their talent in the co- at the college level mm-hmm. because the space is what it is. and so you have more time to be a weak side uh, blocking monster. Uh, because the the way uh, that college pe- like college senior play in the league uh it's it's different they really know the college level by then and they go against kids and so it's it's hard to judge them and to see upside because you can you can you can say um well Brendan Clark will never have a season like the one that he had because a Gonzaga never forced him to guard five in pick and rolls. That was Achimura's job. Um, You can say that the shots that that Gonzaga gave him were perfect because Gonzaga had two great shooters. Uh, in Nor in Norvell uh was picked by the Lakers by the way good pick um i think he signed there as an uh, a two way or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. uh Perkins who who could be one of the greatest playmaker ever played for Gonzaga uh, with Pangos so two very high IQ guys or two, two very good shooters because Perk at a certain point was like 45, 46% from three, something crazy. Mm. And then you have Kispert, who is another great three point shooter plus Achimura. So you have all the space you want and you just have to run and jump and you will out jump every single guy because you're a super athlete, but in the NBA, you may out jump half of the people or less. And you are six, seven with not a great wingspan. And so maybe that will play a huge factor and so you can argue that Clark will, will be in the NBA a good player, but will, will it be like a great player? Has he the chance to be a great player? I don't know. I don't think so. And so maybe a swing and you get a guy that will not play a game in the NBA in Basile, or you get a guy that transforms himself into a lesser version of, um, I don't know, a Shane Barrier kind of guy a very high IQ player that can do multiple things in the court or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it with I think Nasir Little also felt strange still being on the board. Yes, um, that is strange. And like he's like an upside swing, he's a one and done guy out of North mm-hmm. Carolina. Plays the wing. I and mean, that was that's also I don't know. If that, I don't know. I don't know what will come back to haunt the Thunder in this draft. I don't know if it will be that they traded Brandon Clark who turned out to be like a great player. I don't know if it'll be that Nasir Little fell and the Thunder just let him slide, behind, you know, past them. I don't know that it'll be Dylan Wendler's like going to be this just lights out shooter, score guy on the wing, but he's I mean, his his frame still kind of scares me a little bit. Uh or even your guy Captain Galey went 27 to the Clippers, which is like oh my goodness, he's such a Clipper. Like, he's yeah. such a such yeah, a clipper for this past year, you know. Yeah. They have just this group of guys that just try so hard, work their tails off, they make shots, they do the dirty work, like, that's Cavangeli to a T. And so I have kind of like that for them, uh, and for him, too, that he goes to a team that really fits his kind of, his character. Um, but at the end of the day, we just don't know. We just have no idea. And so, Basically, could he's to me, he's the highest upside swing. Um, mm-hmm. probably in the 20s, like maybe little Nasir Little, maybe might be a little bit more, maybe Kevin Porter. Um, yeah, but like as far as like a versatile 3 4 that can do it all, I mean, he's he's a super interesting player, and I think that it's wait and see from here. Mm-hmm. um but i i and i understood Brett's explanation but i don't like it i don't i don't like trying to play both sides because i just don't think that it works well for a lot of teams i think it's worked well for the raptors this year i think that's a team that you yeah. could look at and say like they're they're doing both and it worked yeah. great because their guys that are young could play now and for OKC, they're trying to do both. I, I'd i kind of just prefer they just go all in, get guys, everybody can play. Let's let's just go for it. For the next two years, let's just go for it. I mean, it's a very Rockets-esque approach. And the Rockets have had a lot more success in the playoffs the last two seasons than OKC has. And I don't know, it's not just that they have everybody that can play, but that's part of it. You know, that's that's a piece of the puzzle where it's like, well, like Jeremy Grant's been great, but the Thunder have really had to develop Jeremy Grant. And there were some deer in the headlights for Jeremy in the first round of the playoffs, being a starter for the first time for a playoff team. You know, uh, yeah, there's no deer in the headlights for P.J. Tucker. (laughs) Like that doesn't happen. Um, He's the headlights in that situation. Um, It's just. Man, I just don't know. Like, I I don't love it. I don't love the approach. But it's what Sam is gonna do. And I understand the approach. I just don't like it. I just think that you've got these two superstars. Let's maximize what they can do over the next two or three years. However long they stick around. Really it's really it's gonna be Paul George will determine the length of this. I've been saying two years just because I just don't know if Paul's gonna stick around past two years. He might. Like we don't know that mm-hmm. we don't have that that's not written in stone this this could be a five year run in front of us yeah. I, it could be it could be where they just make the playoffs and maybe something breaks right for them in you know in the next five years for them we just don't i don't I don't know that my assumption i think the the smart assumption is that this run ends in two years and that they try to do something you know resembling a rebuild on the fly but and maybe and Sam is probably protecting against that being a 5 year process right now by getting mm-hmm. guys like Ferguson, Diallo, Baisley, maybe just keeping Steven Adams, you know, maybe keeping Jeremy Grant and bringing him along and like by the time you get to you, you know 3 years from now you've got guys that are in their early to mid 20s that can play. Yeah. Uh, and so you're kind of protecting against all that stuff or you know, you're just going to be crazy athletic. And when Russell starts to break down even more, like you still have a ton of athleticism around him. And so it's it's difficult for, I think, a lot of fans to kind of swallow this. And to also hear all the rumors, you know, going around about them trading different players and everything. And then like the only thing that happens is they require a 2024 pick and get Darius Baisley. It's like, oh, okay. Well that's that was a lot of build up for just not a lot happening. Uh so it was just a, it was kind of just as a thunder fan it was a weird night. Um mm-hmm. and I, I think that it still feels weird now because you're like okay like he turned 19 you know was it 11 days ago? <laughs> um Yeah. And yeah. I I don't know and he's he's may, the thing about him is maybe he's he's the most honest of all these guys because we know everybody that's in the first round probably got
1: paid something by somebody, uh, but he at least just got it done legally. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, and and again, one thing that I already said in um, in the Dream Team pod, and I will uh, re-say here. Uh, I mean the the maturity of this kid seems something that you don't get from a nineteen i i wasn't that mature in nineteen I can tell you and i i was a like i was a good student so uh like you 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 can get uh something out of this he was he was taking he was talking about how he changed his sleeping habits how he changed his diet how he decided that um instead of having a college a uh, full college year Since he wanted to play in the NBA and being a successful player, he decides to take the route of having professional trainers all around him, helping him to be a great player. Mm -hmm. Do you know who took that path like two years later than Basley? All the Philadelphia players, Hmm. the one that succeeded, except for Markel Fultz, who is a troubled guy, probably. Yeah. So Ben Simmons played in college and then take a full year off and come back as a different player. Uh, Blake Griffin did the same for kind of injury reasons. Yeah. But what they did in the end was you take a year off, you don't play a single game, a single professional game, and you just work on yourself and you build from there. I mean, I, I saw Basile playing summer league. He was in perfect shape. He was, he was fast, quick it, it didn't seem that he missed something Compared to other players that were on the court mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, this choice uh, You mean the combine? May, yeah, what, what, what did I say? Summer League Yeah, no, combine, sorry yeah. Um, Or maybe uh, I'm just a wizard and I already saw Summer League I know, know. <laughs>
0: that's, that's very possible I'm not <laughs> I think yeah. the maturity point is a good one because I yeah. think that you can look at his situation and mistake everything that happened for immaturity. Like yeah, you attach somebody to Rich Paul and I think people begin to think something maybe that's not there about them. You know, Terrence Ferguson mm-hmm. is another guy that Rich Paul is an agent for. And so yeah. it doesn't mean everything for everybody. Rich Paul's caused trouble for big time guys, not trouble, but like he's, He's going to stir stuff up. He's going to get what he wants. He's going to push, push, push until he gets what he wants. We saw that with Anthony yeah. Davis. And it leaves a bad taste in your but, mouth.
1: Yeah, um, but stop for a second. Mm-hmm. Suppose that you want to get uh, a really cool job and you pay someone to get that yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Don't you want a guy like that to be your representative?
0: Oh, absolutely. Somebody asked the question. Uh We didn't actually answer it on the Fry Pod, but we talked about it afterwards. Like, If you were to ask... If you were to have anybody represent you in the NBA, who would it be? I was like Rich Paul, one hundred percent. Yeah. Like,
1: so, and if you're Rich Paul, you probably pick, hand pick players. Yeah. You don't. You don't get anyone. Um, I think that goes two ways. Of course, if you have a high potential guy that comes to your door, you probably do it nevertheless. But mm-hmm. like, I, I don't. I don't think that having a Rich Paul uh, agency means anything except that you will have someone that that get you whatever you ask him to, which is, which is, I think, uh, good. We'll we'll see how the Anthony Davis thing pans out in Los Angeles, but he wanted that, that team and he got that team Mm -hmm. maybe four years, four months later than, than the ideal timeline. But Mm -hmm. yeah,
0: well, I, you get rich, Paul. You do this internship at New Balance. You say you're going to play in the G League, but then you don't play in the G League. Like I think that you could take all those things and package them and say this kid's immature. He doesn't know what he wants. You could throw all that out there, and it, I don't think that it's true. But I think that you can for you can take everything that happened with Darius over the past year and create a narrative of. He is immature, and let me tell you why. Without knowing the kid, without knowing mm-hmm. anything about him or his family or anything like that, I think that you could construct something that makes him look not so great. Um, but it's just not true, and so I think it's a good point to bring up. And it's nice that you have people that actually have, you know, been close to him and know him, or at least know people that have known him. Um, I think that's good because I I think that. The the storyline, the narrative, the, the path that he's taken to the NBA is so strange that I think that people don't know what to think about it and that you'll try to construct whatever you can around it to make it make sense for you. And so I think it's nice to know that he does have maturity, a, a good maturity level, that he is – the diet is so important, sleep is so important that he's getting that at 19 – is huge because there's a lot of these guys that are 19 years old that like still just eat mcdonald's every day and and just do whatever they want because they have such a high metabolism well that that'll catch up to you you know catches up to all of us
1: Um, yeah yeah i had like horrible sleeping habits uh when i was young and and that was toxic and still i changed it like a little bit later and maybe mm-hmm. food habits i didn't change it as of now so right uh i, <laughs> I mean uh, so I, I mean yeah like like i know that uh, like not drinking beers and or uh, not drinking not eating too much meat or trying to balance with the fat and then and the, like the, I, I know those stuff but yeah, so I'll, I'll try to control it my way, not following a real diet, and, and so, and I'm thirty. So mm-hmm. for a for a guy like him to be able to do those things, uh, and don't think that every NBA player do that. Don't no. Think that. It's, it's, no, no, it's, no, 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 it's it's, it's truly wrong. Um, I don't remember who said that to me. Probably my my guy when I did the podcast with uh, Ricardo Foyes uh, last summer. Mm-hmm. I think it was. He told me like. There is a difference between say things and actually do things. Mm -hmm. And like there was many people say, yeah, I know. Uh, Yeah, I know that those stuff should be done. But talking is one and doing is completely different. Mm -hmm. And it was like then mentioned to me sort of privately that Rui Achimura was a guy that do those things Mm -hmm. uh, at since he came to, to college. So since he came yeah so to, to college. So I mean it's hard to find kids that, that do that at nineteen. And so um, I think that, that there's value there. And back to what you said about OKC and the needs and blah blah blah. I do think that the the main need for OKC is to be healthy for the full season. I know sure. that it's stupid that you and you don't probably it's not stupid. Cannot, no, I mean but it's it's yeah health whatever uh, but but it is like that like take James Harden out of the Rockets or like cut his production in half. Mm-hmm. They, they don't get out of the first song. Mm-hmm. like n- absolutely sure of that. Take Curry, put him on a bad ankle and let them face a good team like Cleveland. Guess what? They don't win and they almost lost against uh, the Thunder and he was kind of back and he didn't have he didn't need surgery. Paul George had surgery one week after the season. So if you think And then again, a month later. (laughs) Exactly. And he will be probably ready by Christmas. uh, Mm -hmm. Full 100% back. So they need to be healthy. And they need to have a season where their stars, like, have a balanced season. Where maybe they play 60 games. Mm -hmm. Sorry, 70 games Mm -hmm. instead of 82. And then maybe Steven goes into some load management and like we need that way more than we did than we need tyler hero on or cam johnson those are agreed great like maybe we are we are sitting here talking about uh how much help we need from day one uh, from the wing uh, or for a draftee and then we see that two guys that were sitting were sitting the um, uh, bench of okc for the entire season named Burton and and Diallo are summer league sensation. And next year they will play minutes and you forget that they are just turned 20, uh, well, Diallo, and and they are still young and developing in Burton. And so, I mean, it's not just the draft where you can get a contribution. It's rarely the draft, but maybe it happens. Like Steven Adams, if you look, if you read through the, um, first comments out of the draft in twenty thirteen, you say, well yeah, he he will play in the G League. Hmm. Then you see Summer League and you see the combination of him and Reggie Jackson running pick-and-roll. and ross, Yeah, there's no chance this guy will play will play in the G League. Yep. He we, just with the screening ability, he will play. Like they him. He play.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm so my what was it? I so I did a podcast uh with Anthony Slater. Who had just started at the Oklahoman about Stephen Adams? I miss him. He's great. He He's was great. super duper talented guy. He's so so great. Yeah. He and my question to him was over under a thousand NBA minutes for Stephen Adams. No, maybe it was a hunt. No, it was one hundred over under one hundred NBA minutes for Stephen Adams in his rookie season. I think we both took under. You know, okay, which says. Nobody knows anything. Like nobody knows anything. You know he, you know he's
1: a great reporter. Yeah, and and he knows, he knows because I remember him being after the summer league. I was, uh, I was a subscriber back then to the. Well, I'm still a subscriber of the ThunderBuddies, mm-hmm. and basically, it was the beginning of my love for the NBA. Again, I I told many times that I was like way more into European basketball back then. Uh, and and Slater was very high on Stephen mm-hmm. uh, after the summer league. He started to say, well, maybe Stone Cold Steven Adams will play. And guess what? He did. And he was 20 and he wasn't ready for the NBA. It was weird in the court. But nevertheless, he played because he belonged. And the same went on for Diallo, for Ferguson, with different Approaches because we know that Billy likes to play rookies early, and then maybe lower the um, the amount of minutes during the season. And if if Billy sees that Basley has talent, he will play him. I mean, play like a couple of minutes at the four position are there to be taken.
0: Oh yeah, like there's nothing solidified there unless they do it in free agency. No.
1: Yeah. No, but even so, like you can slide a few minutes here and there of Jeremy Grant at the five if you really want to get to give him a try. Mm-hmm. Or you can play him with Jeremy and with a four at the three and see but go out there and be Paul George six nine uh subs for five minutes. Let's see. I mean if he has talent, trust me, he will not play in the G League for long. Like um that that can happen. Billy is not afraid to play you mm-hmm. even if even if you are nineteen or twenty and you don't know uh, anything uh, of the NBA, It's totally true. If you can play the right
0: way and give effort on the defensive end, you'll, you can play. Yeah, you can. And play. maybe Dort will
1: play because of that. Because <laughs> of uh, that. <laughs> Let's talk <laughs> about we'll Dort. Like, yeah, yeah, he can shoot. Like he, he really can shoot. The follow through is a mess. Like it's, and you don't realize how much is a mess until you watch like. Fifty shots in a row. Mm-hmm. Like once he jumps forward, then backwards, then sideways, then he opens his legs, then he puts his head way back, and then he takes horrible shots from mid court be- because of reasons that that goes behind my comprehension. Uh, and so I don't know. He he's not a shooter, and he will have many many troubles in creating, um, not in creating, in taking good shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can do multiple things with the court. He's Kind of a playmaker he can work in the nBA I think as a secondary ball handler that if you like like not Marcus smart, but he's Marcus he's kind of that player uh take if Marcus Smart is a hundred, then he could be eighty percent of that uh now I'm probably Nate Dunkening, um <laughs> like but uh, if you want to have a reference of a guy then Marcus a less talented version of Marcus smart is what Dort can be, um, mm-hmm. a functional ball handler without the ability to shoot the basketball, but with um, very good defensive instincts. And he weights 220, I think, at 6'5". He yeah. is a bulldog. Yeah. he if, if you if you run through him, there is a decent chance that you you are the one that bounce back and not him. Mm-hmm. And so having a guy like that who can functionally defend in the post... Uh, bigger guys and has the quickness to stay with with guards it is very very helpful
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah he's he's interesting ESPN had him as a
0: five-star rivals had him as a four-star 24-7 sports had him as a four-star recruit Uh, he lived in Canada and then played at Arizona State He's a he's super interesting too to me. He's high upside. He just turned nineteen, April nineteenth. No, he turned twenty. I'm sorry, he turned twenty on April nineteenth. So he's young, uh, but he's gonna defend. And he was supposed. I mean, he was mocked by a lot of. Not he was in mock drafts, um, and in the twenties. Yeah, ESPN had him in the twenties throughout the yeah, entire process.
1: Yeah, maybe in the last few weeks uh, they saw that the buzz around him was not that 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 great, and so they downsized him. But if you look at the top 100, which is what scouts think about players, yeah, then he, he was in the 30s. I would get, I would say mm-hmm. I, I don't remember precisely, but I mean he at a certain point he was linked to the Thunder because of because of the defense at 21. Yep. And then in the last week, he said, well, maybe second rounder because no one had buzz around him. And he ended up undrafted, which, which is for, like, it's not that door changed <laughs> in, in the two weeks. It's just that other players probably killed, in in, uh, killed it in, in workouts and they had better, um, maybe teams had a better look at them, and Dort maybe didn't shoot the ball particularly well, or he mm-hmm. shot horribly in the workouts, and so, And then you say, well, maybe I don't want to get into him because of that, and and you take other guys. But he's the same player, and to get a two-way, I think it's it's good. Again, you don't have, you, you likely don't get anything out of two ways because this is the deal. But maybe you get a well House. Or maybe you get um, who was the the name of the Knicks guy? Um, I don't remember. Uh,
0: I know still there. About. Yeah, I can't think of I can't think of his name either.
1: Well, anyway, I'll try to look it up uh, while you while you talk.
0: Yeah, Dor- I, I like the you're, you. You just kind of take a swing on Dort and see if he can be a guy that can that can play for you. And he defends. He's a very Thunder esque player. He's six foot four. He's got good length. He can he's, he's gonna a Lonzo Trier. Sorry. Oh Alonso Trier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna compete and that's what you want. And he may be a G League player for a year. He may play for the Thunder some. Like I would guess if Dort was on the Thunder last year, they would have given him a try. <laughs> you know? Like if that yeah. kind of guy was on the team, like, okay, like we need a wing. And let's see what you can do. And they're going to try to reshape his shot. And if he can end up shooting it, it's a steal. If he can't, then maybe he's a minimal role player on an NBA team. And, like, if you get that, that's great. Um, okay, we got to go. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can follow McKelle on Twitter at Mikey Barra. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. You can follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with another show on Wednesday with Alex Spears. Things are just starting to heat up with NBA rumors and whatnot. Uh, we'll talk about possible Steven Adams trades and stuff like that on Wednesday. So we we'll look forward to that, and uh, we'll talk to you then.